0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is Speedball Mike Bailey. You're listening to Keeping It Strong Style. Yes. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts. Keeping you it strong, style. You. Let's go. It's the Ace of podcast. Keeping it strong, style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Buryo the frauds From the Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is a network where we can get it done. I'm a chill and let them have it. Cause this is just an intro. Keeping it strong, style. Six stars from the get go, boy. Yeah, from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo. On. This is Keeping It Strong Style with your host Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here solo this week On today's show I will discuss the road to wrestling Don Taku, wrestling Satsuma no Kuni and cover all this news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Please support our show by subscribing and following the Social Suplex Podcast Network or keeping a strong style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts over at SocialSuplex.com. Check out our Pro Wrestling tea store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. This week's episode is brought to you by the NJPWEXT, the only browser extension For njpwworld.com Frequently updated And with features like dark mode Improved translations and layouts Custom and shared playlists Synchronized viewing parties And much much more It takes njpwworld To the next level You can visit njpwext.us Today for details so, as you heard in my little intro there, guys, I am solo this week. Um, unfortunately, the young boy, Josh Smith, had a uh, family emergency. Um, you know, we postponed recording um, last night, Monday night, um, and we were, we're holding off to the night. But, yeah, things uh, he needs to be uh, spend time with his family right now uh, during this uh, emergency. And so, I'm going to hold the fort down and... Uh, gave you guys you know your weekly keeping it strong style you know we are the you know the longest running weekly episodic new Japan pro wrestling podcast on the internet today since November of 2017 we have not missed a week of audio and that streak will continue here tonight today whenever you are listening to this podcast rain. Sun or shine there will always be uh, Keeping a strong style Might be a day late, might be two days late But uh, we will always be here To give you guys the the audio that you want The audio that you need And we got lots of stuff To uh, cover this week And you know hopefully yeah, The young boy Josh Smith will be back uh, Next week Also joining us next week Will be friend of the show Chris Samsa from sportofprowrestling.com, also of njpw1972.com. That's right, Chris has had a lot of uh, great stat work going up on the official English New Japan website. So, you guys make sure you check that stuff out when it goes up on their site. Uh, but Chris will be joining us next week to review Wrestling Don Taku and to preview. Best of the Super Juniors 30 So a uh, big Episode next week should be A lot of fun uh, with Josh back And Chris Samsa on the Show uh, like I said we've got a Lot of stuff to uh, cover here On this episode so Gonna you know run through stuff and Give you guys what you need so As you guys know we're on this uh, Road to wrestling Don Taku tour uh, By the time most of you guys Are are downloading and listening to this episode? Uh, road to, or excuse me, Wrestling Dantaku, uh, the official big show of this tour will have aired. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that happened on the build up to this show, um, so I will give you a little preview of my predictions for that uh, coming up here in a bit. But we had a lot of stuff happening on the road to Wrestling Dontaku and we also had the, the big Wrestling Satsuma no Kuni show. There's a a ton of news to talk about too So let's uh, get into it So we'll start off talking about The Road to Wrestling Don Taki show that happened uh, Last week The first one was April 27th From the Hiroshima Sun Plaza We had an attendance of 1,614 So this show Um Had a little bit of a different opening, Um, so it's very rare that New Japan does this, but this show opened up with a mini press conference right before the the main show started. Uh, So cameras went on, we had a table in the ring, you know, WWE style, looking like a a contract signing that you would see on Monday nights. Uh, But yeah, we had a table in the ring there and uh, opened up, we had... Uh, A little presser for the IWGP Junior Tag Team title match. So the challengers, Kushida and Kevin Knight, the Jet Setters, were there alongside the champions, TJP and Francisco Akira. Catch 2-2 of the United Empire. So we open up this uh, segment here. Uh, Akira asked why they were even doing a press conference right before the match. It was making him angry. He thought it was disrespectful. You know, normally, press conferences happen a day before uh, the show or two days before the show. Um, It's very rare that you see a press conference happening right before a show, especially right before a big title match. So uh, Akira, very annoyed that their uh, press conference happening at the beginning of the show feels kind of rushed to him. So he uh, expressed his anger there. And then uh, TJP said... Um, That they have the the titles for a bit They will have the titles for a very long time Um, Currently they are the second longest reigning Junior tag team champions in New Japan history And he said that he was looking past the Jet Setters And that Catch-2-2 will become the number one team Junior tag team in history And they were going to get the longest reign um, and, you know, that would have been possible had they defeated the Jet Setters. Um, you know, Bess, uh Super Junior 30 is coming up. Uh, they would have, you know, gone through that tour. And then there, there probably would be a defense in June at Dominion. So this was a very real possibility at the beginning of the show that Catch-2-2 could have moved on and um, had this the number one longest reign for the IWGP Junior Tag Team Titles, and we know that's kind of been the mission statement for Catch 22 this past year during his title reign. We've seen several of the the backstage promos TJP mentioning that you know they want to be go down in history as the greatest junior tag team ever. You know that a lot of people they they mention the Young Bucks, they mention Rapungi Vice, they mention Rapungi 3K, uh, but Catch 2-2 want to surpass. All those teams, they wanted to break their records. They wanted to have the best matches. And, you know, this has been one heck of a title reign for the junior tag titles for Catch-2-2. Um, so it was their mission and goal here tonight to retain the titles and move on to have the longest reign. So after that, we then had a presser for Hiromu Takahashi and Yoshi Nobu Kanemaru. They would be wrestling on the, the main event of this show for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Um, there was no English translations for us at the time. So there was some back and forth between uh, Hiromu and Kanamaru. They signed their contract for the main event and they had a, a little brief brawl. And so after that presser that opened up the show uh, for the opening contest, uh, we started with the United Empire team. Of Aaron Hanare and the Great Ocon. They defeated Oleg Bolton and Oscar Lube five minutes and fifty-four seconds. Uh, so Great Ocon, Aaron Hanare, both guys not really in a program right now. Uh, you know, Two of the heavy hitters of the United Empire going up against, you know, two heavy hitting young lions in Oscar Lube and Bolton Oleg. Which um, was a really uh, short opening match up here. The wrestling between Ocon and Bolton Oleg was really, really good. Um, if you don't know, Great Ocon has a an amateur wrestling background, um, a lot of mixed martial arts uh, background, and uh, Bolton um, uh, another great amateur wrestler. He's a part of that uh, Team Japan, uh, Team New Japan amateur wrestling team, you know, the official uh, amateur wrestling team that Bushi Road sponsors And these guys go out and compete in amateur wrestling matches That's coached by Blue Justice, Yuji Nagata So when these guys were grappling, it was great And for those who don't know, I, I do also have an amateur wrestling background I uh, wrestled all four years in high school um, So I definitely have a, a little of an eye for some of this stuff uh, With the grappling and exchanges And uh when Ocon and Oleg were grappling and doing their wrestling, it looked really, really good. Uh, Bolton Oleg, this guy, is a freak of nature and he's improving quickly. And uh, we can't forget about Oscar Lube, uh, the German, very fiery uh, kind of personality. Um, he's getting uh, better as well. But these guys didn't get to show their stuff off for, for too long. As um, it came down to the end, where uh, Hanare and uh, Oscar were the two legal, legal men, and Hanare applied the Ultima, that's uh, Hanare's version of the full Nelson, onto Lube and forced him to tap out. So, your quick basic opener two veterans against two young Lions. And we did have a question here from Rambone Slam Pig. And he says, what are your thoughts on the continuing evolution of Oleg Bolton? I thought he looked great in the match against Bishimon at Satsuma no Kuni. Bishimon really did a great job working with him as well. So we'll get to that match here in a second. But, yeah, I think um, Oleg Bolton is looking great so far. Like we mentioned last week, obviously, he's still very green. There's obviously still a ton for him to learn. Um, But, with all that being said, this guy looks great in the ring. I mean, his figure is very imposing. I mean, he, he has a build uh, very similar to, like, uh, Lars Sullivan uh, from WWE. Uh, this guy's just jacked to the gills. He has that great amateur wrestling background. And, you know, we talked about it last week or two weeks ago. You know, not all amateur wrestlers Make the the great transition Into pro wrestling Uh, But when they do They're usually really great Also you think about Kurt Angle Brock Lesnar Shelton Benjamin As uh, some of the standout guys That made that transition From amateur wrestling To professional wrestling And you know a lot of the core Of of pro wrestling Is amateur wrestling Uh, A lot of the holds and escapes and, And grappling You know comes from amateur wrestling So if you're great at that And then you can also learn the pro wrestling side of things And learn how to use that stuff as a work And to uh, use that in in the case of a match A pro wrestling match uh, You can become really great And so I think um, Oleg has all the potential in the world Obviously right now it's too early to say you know he for sure is going to be a future IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Um, You know, we all thought that about Kitamura back in the day, and things just didn't work out quite that way. So when these guys are in the young lion stage, it's really hard to make predictions because you just never know what could happen. Um, But if he stays on the track that he's on right now, I think he'll be great. Um, I think he could be a future IWGP world champion, if he sticks down this path If he sticks with New Japan, if he sticks with pro wrestling um, It looks like he, he's learning a lot And um, you know he, he speaks Japanese I, I think he's going to get over very quickly With the Japanese audience So uh, after that, we had the Chaos team Of Hiroki Goto, Toriyano Yo, and Yoshihashi Defeating the House of Torture of Evil show Yujiro Takahashi and Dick Togo uh, In uh, 4 minutes and 45 seconds So this is the ever going feud The never ending feud The feud that goes on and on my friend Between Chaos and House of Torture Seems like these two factions have been Going back and forth for quite some time now a lot of their rivalry revolving around the never open weight six man championships. Uh, so this match here, of course, has the torture attacks before the bell and the big brawl on the floor. Um, eventually, things get back um, in the ring and uh, towards the end of the matchup here, Bishamon hit the Shoto on Dick Togo to get the win. So this is kind of a real kind of fast uh, pace matchup. A lot of it. Took place before the match officially started, and then once they got in the ring, it ended pretty quickly with uh, the Chaos team standing on top. And we had a question here from the Dark Soldier. He says, "I've heard people complain." He says, "I've heard people complain about referees in the states saying they're incompetent and dumb. Yet in Japan, referees allow freaking anything. None of them notice Evil's actions and the recent Big Stardom show." Had a kendo stick shot right in front of the ref in the ring during the six women tag match, and the ref didn't do anything. Why does Japan get a pass for awful referees and rule management? Um I, I think it's one of the things. I mean, well, first of all, I mean Josh and I um always kind of point out stuff like this, especially in New Japan. When it comes to evil in the House of Torture, we, we think it does make the referees look dumb when these guys are, you know, turning the lights off, they're getting their the grout wires, the the pimp cane, the low blows, the chair shots. Um, I, I do think it's ridiculous uh, with House of Torture and some of the cheating that they, they're they able to uh, get away with, and we do see that across kind of the Puro scene, you um, and also, you know that they do kind of try to cover it by saying, you know, referees' discretion. Uh, but I do think it gets maybe looked over, and maybe you you don't see as many complaints about it online because the the match quality in Japan as a whole is just so much higher than the United States. And then also, too, I think most pure promotions, and I think definitely New Japan, I think they do. A, a good job of kind of pacing out the cheating and the interference um so you're not getting you know overdosed with it meanwhile you know you watch a american promotion you watch WWE and even AEW at times where back to back back matches have uh run ins interference ref distraction ref bump uh you know the dynamite Diamond ring uh, being used, belt shots, chair shots, uh, the bloodline running in. Um, you see, you know, that's a, a big kind of staple of Western wrestling, of American wrestling, kind of that that interference, uh, guys running in, ref bumps. And I, I think with Japan, I think, you know, the pure elitists, the diehard Japanese wrestling fans, they, I'm sure they absolutely hate that kind of stuff when it happens. Um, but we do know, uh, you know, Gato, the Booker of New Japan, he loves Western wrestling. He loves uh, Memphis territory. He loves the territory style, that Southern style where you did have uh, a lot of heat, a lot of interference. Um, and so that's why Gato's going to do that kind of stuff. And I think it doesn't get harped on enough because, you know, you get this matchup here where there's interference, but then you're also getting. You know an excellent Okada main event, you're getting a, a Hiromu matchup, you're getting Ishii, you're getting all these great matchups, so it kind of makes you forget about the interference. So, the next matchup on the show, we had the Bullet Club team of David Finley, Kenta, and Taiji Ishimori defeating the team of Hikaleo Tamatonga and Master Wato in six minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, another short. Uh, matchup here, and this matchup is uh, you know building uh, the two uh, title matches that are happening at Wrestling Dontaku. So, Tamatanga will be defending his never title against the Rebel David Finley, while Kenta will be defending his strong openweight title against Hikaleo. So, we've, we've been seeing these guys um, kind of going at each other throughout this tour. As we get to um, you know, these two big title matches coming up on this wrestling Don Taku show. And another short match here that was really kind of heat-filled. Uh, we had all six guys brawling at the bell. Uh, Kenta really zeroing in on Hikaleo's knee to uh, kind of soften him up for a title match. And you know, take the big man uh, off his feet. Uh, but Hikaleo was able to uh, make a comeback. We had uh, Master Wato coming in. Uh, looking good with some um, high-flying offense, but then the tables turned. The Bullet Club started working over Watto um, Ishimori, choking him in the ropes. Uh, but eventually, uh, Tama Tonga was able to come in. Him and Finley uh, get into a brawl. Uh, uh, Tama hits the uh, stinger splash off Ishimori. Um, and then Ishimori tries to come back, come off the top. Hikaleo catches him with a big boot there, and so they're going Um, Back and forth Uh, Then uh, Finley Ends up hitting the trash Panda on uh, Master Watto after he Hit a big spear which led to a great near fall Then he hit the uh, trash Panda which I believe there's a a new Name for that move now But I I don't have it in my notes right now Uh, But he hits that move you know the the Neck breaker over the knee uh, gets The win and again another short Fast paced matchup So after the match um, Kenta and Nicolaeo, they're brawling, and as well as uh, Tama and Finley uh, square off as well. So I think uh, they've done a really good job building up these two title matches, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens on you know the May third show. And we did have a question here from Ethnic Dystopian. So what are your thoughts on the fan reactions to David Finley over the past few months? It reminds me of Jay White in 2017. Despite how sorely he's missed by New Japan fans today, he had his fair share of haters when he debuted as Switchblade. Do you think Finley deserves the criticisms he's received? Why or why not? Um, I, I don't think Finley uh, deserves a lot of the criticism that I've been seeing online and in different circles. People who are, um, you know, Maybe even not even fully watching New Japan, but are aware of Finley being the leader of Bullet Club. Um, You know, partially, I think it's just kind of perception being reality, and you know, unfortunately for Finley, you know, most of his New Japan tenure, uh, he's been booked as a uh, a mid card guy. Started off more, he was a young lion first, and then he's kind of slow, very slowly. Worked his way up the card but he's really kind of stuck In that that mid card uh Kind of range you know he would have every Once in a while some breakout matches But you knew that if you Saw Finley versus whoever That that whoever was going to win Because they're, they're facing Dave Finley um, And then you know they did do some good stuff With Finley and Juice Robinson as the, the Fin Juice Tag team Um, and they had some, some great matches as a team but again Eventually they got to a point As a team where it's like all right Finn juice versus whoever, you know, whoever is going to win because it's Fin juice. Uh, and so I think, you know, when you're booked that way for so long, uh, you know, you've conditioned the fans to be like, well, Finley is not a top guy. He's a, a mid card, baby face guy that's going to have uh, some fun matches. He's going to team with the Hantai guys. He might have a you know a, a never program. He might have a, a U.S. title program, but he's not somebody to be seen as a main eventer, as a star, or to be taken seriously. Uh, you know, we did see him kind of break out towards the end of last year as a Bay Face uh, against uh, Will Osprey in, in that feud there for the U.S. title. But you know, at the end of the day, he lost that feud, and I think people expected him to lose that feud. And so now, fast forward, he is the leader of the Bullet Club. He got to the finals of the New Japan Cup. They are pushing him uh, very hard right now. And I, I think fans are still holding on to what they know of how Finley has been presented all these years. Uh, now, for me, I, I'm loving everything that Finley's doing. I thought from day one of the heel turn that everything has been very well done Finley has up the intensity. He looks like a star. I love the look. Um, you know, he's really come into his own in this heel persona. Um, you know, I love that he's trying to make the Bullet Club in his own image. He's not just trying to ride the momentum of you know the coattails of what the Bullet Club has been and has done. He's really trying to shape it and make it his own and I think his matches have been better his promos have been better and this is the most that I've been interested in Dave Finley since I've been covering New Japan in 2017 um, so I think a lot of people are, are not fairly um, assessing what's going on with Finley um, they're, they're still they're still viewing you know that lovable uh, mid card Dave Finley they're they're not seeing what's happening right now with this new uh, you know more aggressive uh sharper David Finley I think everything is going really well um in his uh, run right now you know will he be an iwgP world heavyweight champion I don't know if he's quite ready for that just yet uh, but I think if he goes the way he's going right now, um, I think he can at least be a challenger I think they've really um, set that up With his, his run in the New Japan Cup um, So I think there's a lot of great stuff For Dave Finley to come So then following That match we had the TMDK team of Mad Mikey Nichols Hysterical Shane Haste And the front man Zach Sabre Jr They defeated the United Empire team Of Jeff Cobb Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis, 8 minutes and 6 seconds. So uh, another pretty uh, quick matchup here. So this uh, matchup was building the upcoming TV title match with uh, Sabre defending against Jeff Cobb. And then um, Aussie Open would have been getting ready to defend the IWGP tag team titles against Shane Hayes and Mikey Nichols At Wrestling Satsuma No Kuni So this is kind of one of the last bills For the tag title match And again they've done a great job Building the feud with uh, TMDK and these United Empire guys Throughout this whole uh, Wrestling Don Taku tour um, So great kind of Fast paced hard hitting Match up here um, Hayes he, they're able to hit The, uh, the Tank Buster that uh, second rope DDT on Kyle Fletcher To get the kind of upset surprise win here So you had the challengers pinning the champions um, You know, a great way to set up a tag title match A great way to plant a, a seed of doubt In the minds of the fans You, you see these guys, that they, they pin the champs Clean in the middle, one, two, three It's possible it could happen again um, so TMDK getting the momentum here going into the tag title match. Following that, we had the team of Strong Style, El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, and Ren Narita. They teamed up with Shota Umino, and they defeated the team of Kazuchika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, Togi Makabe, and Tomi okahanma 11 minutes and 59 seconds, excuse me, 11 minutes and 29 seconds uh, So, story of this matchup here Strong style, you know, they are the never Openweight six-man champions And they're getting ready to Defend against uh, Kazuchika Okada and Tomohiro Ishii And at this point of the tour They were still looking for their third Man, um, you know, Okada He had asked Yano to be His uh, the third man For the team, Yano refused because he does not Want to wrestle Minoru Suzuki, so these guys were uh, still on the hunt, so kind of testing out uh, Hanma and and Makabe here um, in this eight-man tag, Uh, but things did not work out well for uh, the Okada-led team here, Uh, but this match, another really good matchup here, and I really love the interactions between Okada and Narita, so Narita's kind of been the the vocal one from the strong style team that... uh, Called out Okada and has really been Getting in Okada's face and these guys Have been mixing it up on this tour A lot of great um, Interactions um, Exchanges, reversals Between Narita and Okada I would love to see another uh, singles matchup Between these guys Uh, But you know, Narita, he's hitting all his Big offense on Okada, looking great That that big uh, overhead uh, Release suplex Um, Okada just sells that like a champ And makes Narita Look really really good, um. So a lot of great back and forth here. We had a uh, Desperado and Ishi brawl on the floor. These guys have been locking horns in these multi-mans. Um, you know this kind of goes back to the uh, collision, uh, capital collision in uh, Washington D.C. a few weeks ago, where we had that special singles match with uh, Desperado and Ishi. Since then, these guys have kind of been. At each other's throats Uh, A lot of brawling throughout the match Before the match, after the match uh, Throughout this tour, these guys having to be uh, Pulled apart And so we saw some of that here With uh, Despi and Ishii brawling all over the floor Um, But while that's happening In the ring uh, Shota hits a a really suplex On Hanma for a near fall And then he's able to follow up With the Death Rider That double arm DDT From his, uh, what he got from his uh, trainer John Moxley hits that on Hunma for the one, two, three. Um, Also, a lot of you know interesting interactions too between uh, Narita and Umino being on the same team. We know that they come from you know the same young Lion class, and so it's a a race to the top for these two guys. Um, Usually they're they're facing off, but here they they teamed up, so it's always kind of cool to see those guys. Interacting in the ring together So uh, after that Matchup we have the Team of Sonata and Taichi from just Five guys they Defeated the LIJ team Of Bushi and Shingo Takagi so this matchup Was really focusing on Shingo And Taichi for their upcoming KOPW provisional Title match the Takagi Triad style rules and we'll get to that Matchup here um, in a bit, but um, another uh, pretty quick matchup here. Like I said, uh, only um, uh, this matchup was eight minutes, fourteen seconds. So you know, all the matches on this card uh kind of flew by, nice quick breeze, and all of them had you know heat rivalries, great stories. So these matches were uh, really fun to watch and. Like Josh and I mentioned last week, Shingo and Taichi, whenever they're in the ring together, it's fireworks. These guys have great chemistry, great matches every time they go out there. Um, They did tease the uh, count out here in this match. So, remember the Takagi Triad style rules. It's a uh, best three out of five, and you have to win. Um, You can win either—you can get those three wins by pinfall, submission— Count out, uh, ref stoppage, or um, what was the next one I'm missing? I forget. So, pinfall, submit, pinfall, submission, count out, ref stoppage, and knockout. So, those are the five ways. And so, in that match, you have to once you win one of those ways, then you have to find another way to win. And so, first three out of five. So, in this matchup here, they did tease a count out. These guys brawled to the floor to like 19 and, and dove back in before uh, the ref got to 20. So kind of teasing the count out, letting fans know that in their match, a, a count out could potentially happen because these guys could just brawl <laughs> on the floor outside. and you could, you could get somebody being counted out there. Um, and so after that, you had Sonata and Bushi uh, mixing up, and um, Sonata was able to uh, put Bushi away. With the skull and sleeper Actually excuse me The skull and neck crank A lot of people actually think it's a dragon sleeper But it's actually a neck crank Hold Uh, So you got that locked in on Bushi Bushi tapped out And uh, we got some you know Juice going here with Taichi and Shingo Takagi so then after that, we got the lineups for Best of the Super Junior 30. So we know Best of the Super Junior 30 will take place over 12 shows beginning May 13th in Cork and Hall. And it will conclude with a card from the Ota City General Gymnasium on Sunday, May 28th. So, We're going to have a fast and furious uh, best of a super junior tournament. So, in the A block, we got Kushida, first time in the tournament in five years. Also joining him, Riske Itoguchi, Leo Rush, making his debut in the tournament, Doki, Hiromu Takahashi, Teton, TJP, Taiji Ishimori, Sho, and Speedball, Mike Bailey. Making his debut in the tournament. Then in the B block, we have the Nova Fireball, Francisco Akira, El Desperado Bushi, Yoshinobu Kanamaru, Yo, our good friend, Robbie Eagles, Master Wato, Clark Connors, Kevin Knight making his debut in the tournament, and Dan Maloney making his New Japan debut and debut in best of the super juniors. So really a great lineup here. And we have some questions about this lineup. And like I mentioned um, next week, Chris Samsa will be joining us to do a preview of that tournament. I'm sure he's going to bring a lot of facts and stats to uh, break down and discuss. And we'll give our full predictions and preview for that next week. Um, But I will answer some of the questions here and give uh, a few of my quick thoughts, and then we'll move on with the rest of this card. So uh, first, from Les Commission, 7252. He says, who do you guys believe from each block will be the standout junior? My pick would be Hiromu and Mike Bailey from the A block and from the B block, El Esparado and Francisco Akira. Well, Les Commission, uh, I'm pretty much in agreement with you. Um... For the A block, I do think Speedball Mike Bailey is going to be one of the standouts. Last year, WrestleMania weekend when I was in Dallas, I saw Speedball wrestle like four or five times (laughs) that weekend within like a three-day span. And every time out, it was a great matchup. So I have no doubt that he's going to go out here with some fresh opponents and have an absolutely great tournament. Also, I think Leo Rush, uh, you know, we've been waiting for Leo to be in this tournament for quite some time now, Uh, and so, you know, Leo, he's been having a great run with New Japan, and so I think Leo Rush is going to be another guy that really stands out uh, from the A block. Then in the B block, I think that, yeah, Desperado will definitely be a favorite and stand out. Um, I think Robbie Eagles, you know, he had the best match in the tournament last year With El Phantasmo So he's definitely going to be a guy To keep your eyes on in that B block Also, um, you know, Clark Connors With this new heel turn Joining the Bullet Club You know, kind of it, It seems like based off what happened On those collision shows That Clark was kind of being positioned As Finley's right hand man um, so I can think I think that push can help Clark um, do well in this tournament and I think he's gonna want to definitely grab this opportunity um, by the horns and really show out also I mean Kevin Knight, this guy we're, we're gonna get to him in a second but Kevin Knight super athletic super fun to watch. I think he's gonna have a, a fun tournament and then uh Dan Maloney so you know if you guys don't know Dan Maloney used to be in uh, NXT UK. Got released there Um, Then he's been you know all over The UK scene He mainly wrestles in Rev Pro Right now Um, I mean since Leaving NXT UK and going To Rev Pro this guy has gotten In phenomenal shape he's been having Some really great matches And has really upped his game A ton and I know we Reported a few weeks ago that uh, Will Ospreay Gave him a United Empire Armband and and he accepted that, so he's uh in the United Empire, it seems like. Um, and so we'll see kind of how his uh, presentation is done when he makes his official uh debut in Japan. Next question here from MJSPR. He says the lineup for Best Super Junior looks awesome. Which block is best, and what matchup are you most looking forward to? Um. So let's see, I mean, just looking at the blocks I mean, I I feel like both blocks are pretty even I think I'm going to give the edge to the A block Just because, I mean, you you have Kushida in there First time in the tournament in five years Um, You got Leo Rush, you got Doki, who's going to kill himself You got Hiromu, uh, TJP, Speedball Mike Bailey Like, I think that A block is a little bit more of a veteran edge than the B block, where in the B block, you have a lot of uh, young up and comers like Clark Connors, Kevin Knight, and Dan Maloney, and uh, Francisco Akira, which all those guys are great. Um, But I do think, you know, A block has more of that um, experience edge over the B block. Um, As far as uh, what match I'm looking forward to, I mean, speedball versus everybody. <laughs> uh, if you can't tell by now, I'm a big fan of speedball, Mike Bailey. Um, so, you know, him versus everybody in that A block is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, next question here from Barry Walsh. He says, not to be down on the guy, but do you think the Gucci should still be in the tournament? Is he just there as a junior Yano? or is it a sign that the junior roster is not as deep as the heavyweights. Just seems to me if Ishii might not make a G1, how can Taguchi still make the best of the super juniors? Well, Barry, at the end of the day, uh Taguchi, he's a dojo guy. He's going to have a job for life. Um, as long as he can still go, you know, he's going to be on these shows, he's going to be on these cards. Um, and you know, personally, for me, I I, I agree with you, Barry. I don't think Dugui at this point in his career should still be in these tournaments. Um, I know a lot of people say, you know, well, oh, he's the night off guy. These guys need one night break. Um, if that's the case, why not just extend the tour out? I mean, this tour is being done in what like 12, 13 days, twelve days, or well, twelve shows in a short period of time. From, you know, 13th to 28th So, if you want these guys to get a night off Give them a night off <laughs> Extend the tour, make the tour longer um, you, you don't need to put guys like Taguchi In these tournaments Or guys like Giano in the G1 And then say, oh, they they need a night off Well, if they need a night off Give them a night off um, And Taguchi, you know, he's gonna be doing I feel like it's gotten worse and worse and worse You know there was a kind of a running joke You know, back The first Super Juniors that we Reviewed would have been The 2018 Super Juniors And at the time, you know Josh was always like, you can't Count out to Gucci, you know Big match to Gucci, you know He won Super Juniors, I believe that was in 2012 Um, You know This guy, and at that time Josh was right, man In, in 2018, 2019 Toguchi would still kind of bust out These um, big match performances Have these great matchups And actually be one of the um, Standouts in his block And have some really fun matches In the tournament Well now that that's kind of flipped um, I feel like it's gotten worse And worse every year We're seeing more uh, Butt stuff We're seeing more of his underwear The pants pulling down The kind of just goofy Shenanigans and I, I know He's always kind of been a goofy guy but I feel like it's dived worse And worse into the shenanigans um, In a tournament like this Like I personally I don't think Taguchi is needed anymore um, There are tons of juniors Around the world and in, in Japan That can fill a spot That Taguchi can be in uh, I mean heck you, you can put a young Lion in there if you, you want a night Off that's actually going to be a great Matchup why not put uh, Oiwa in this thing, Fujita uh, Like that, I think that could be a quote unquote night off, or you, you would still have a, a very good uh, matchup. So uh, moving on to the next match on this card. These were like the after this announcement, we got to like it's like the, the big three on this card. So uh, first up, it was Tetsuya Naito defeating Doki. In 15 minutes and 55 seconds Uh, And and Doki Was seconded by uh, Sonata Taichi and Taka Michinoku His stalemates in just Five guys I thought this was a Really uh, Fun matchup Uh, You know Doki we always talk about This man you know not wanting To have to go back to Mexico Uh, If you guys don't Get that joke, um, you know, Doki was a guy that you know, went to Mexico, I believe at 18 years old, this guy you know, scrounged around those those uh, low Mexican independent wrestling scenes, you know indies where they're, they're wrestling out in, in the dirt in the middle of you know, Tijuana or wherever they're wrestling at, this guy has been on the bottom floor of the, the Mexican independent scene for so long and him coming over to New Japan in 2019 was a really big deal, a really big platform, and a big opportunity for him. And, you know, that's why, you know, he he likes to talk about, you know, hipster luchadors, you know, guys who, you know, they wrestle in uh, CMLL and AAA on the big stage. But, you know, Doki, you know, he he grinded on that independent scene, and he thinks he has that, you know, the true Lucha Libre style. Um, so, you know, that, that man, he doesn't, he doesn't want to go back. Those dirt floors, so that's why this guy goes out here and literally, you know, kills himself every night. You know, no regards uh, for his body, he uses his body as a weapon, and that's what we got here. I mean, as soon as uh, the bell rang, before Naito could even get his uh, shirt off, Doki attack and a big uh, suicide dive uh, through the ropes and. Um, you know, from there, you know, Doki worked really hard You know, Tried to uh, get Naito to tap out with the Italian stretch number 2 Which is also referred to as the Doki Choki On the, the English commentary side of things um, So there were several uh, near uh, submission attempts With the uh, Italian stretch number 2 um, A lot of brawling uh, throughout the floor uh, at one point, Naito also was uh, working over the, the head and neck of Doki with that that leg full Nelson that he likes to do. Uh, but that didn't stop Doki. Doki was able to come back, springboard back elbow for a near fall top rope, double stomp for a near fall. Naito came back with a spine buster, hits a second rope blockbuster. Then they uh, they go end up going to the floor where uh, Doki hits a a modified version of his daybreak DDT to the outside uh, onto the mat there on Naito um, and you know near can out there, but both guys get back in the ring. Uh, another near uh, submission attempt with the Italian stretch. Number two, uh, Doki hits the, the proper daybreak DDT for a near fall. And our, our man Doki here, man, he was feeling it. The juices were pumping, he thought he was Close to winning um, you know, He tries to hook the uh, Suplex de la luna That, um, you know, modified Dragon suplex like maneuver uh, But he wasn't able To hit it, uh, Naito hits the, uh, the short destino For a near fall Hits a brain buster And then a second destino Destino proper 1, 2, three. Tetsuya Naito defeats Doki. Obviously, I don't think there was any doubt in mind that um, Naito wouldn't win this match, but it was just something different from for the what they typically do on these Road Two shows. Um, a fun, you know, singles match for Naito, good outing for Doki, and it also kind of plants the seeds and lays the foundation for a potential Naito versus Sonata Tyler match, potentially at Dominion. Following that match, we went into the first title match of the evening for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. The Jet Setters of Kevin Knight and Kushida defeat Catch-2-2 Francisco and Akira and TJP to become the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag team champions. A big moment here for Kevin Knight. Um, so, you know, just to show you how far this team has come and how far Kevin Knight has come. You know, these guys first started teaming in the super junior tag team this past December. Um, they had a finishing record of two and seven. Um, in that tournament, they did lose to catch two-two. So kind of a, a full circle moment here, where these guys getting built up to the point where they're now there are challenging the champs in catch two two. Um, also big for uh, Kevin Knight for a couple other reasons. Um, first of all, Kevin Knight is now the first man from the Shibata class from the LA dojo. To hold a championship in New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, so you know we, we've seen um, Alex Coglin grinding and Clark Connors and Gabriel Kidd um, in the in that LA Dojo class, that initial class that was trained by uh, Shibata and you know DKC, um, but Kevin Knight being you know the, the first guy out of that that class to capture a championship, also. It's a big win here for Kevin Knight uh, Because he is now uh, The fifth African American Champion in New Japan History So joining uh, the names of Bob Sap, MVP Ricochet And Mercedes Monet. So kind of a real kind of cool moment Here for Kevin Knight Also you know he made some comments um, Online that Has been a uh, really hard uh, season in his life his uh, Grandmother who he was really close to uh, Passed away While he was uh, in Japan On this tour so a lot Going on uh, personally here For Kevin Knight but Was still able to be on this tour And capture the Junior tag team titles With his partner Kushida And this match Was awesome Um and you know, story. You know, part of the story here, it kind of similar to the story they told when uh, Catch Two Two was facing off against um, Team Six or Nine, where with Six or Nine, you had Taguchi, who was you know kind of the veteran of the team, and then you had uh, Master Wato, who was uh, the young guy uh, who was kind of learning from Taguchi. Um and then on the Catch Two Two side, you know, TJP is a veteran. And Akira is the guy that's uh, learning from him Well so here in this matchup Again uh, Akira being the young guy Learning from TJP and On the jet setter side you have uh, Kevin Knight being the guy who's learning From um, From Kushida Uh, Even learning Japanese uh, from him which he he Used during that uh, opening uh, Press conference Um, So you, you have that dynamic there So a lot of times you had TJP and Kushida mixing it up. You had um, Akira and Kevin Knight mixing it up. But man, these guys, um, this was just a great matchup. Kevin Knight, man, this guy is super athletic. And, you know, yes, he's still a, a little rough around the edges, he's uh, still a little green. Um, that's to be expected. But this guy, super uh, charismatic, super athletic. This guy, he gets it. He's getting over very quickly. And he was definitely um, a big highlight in this match with um, a lot of the stuff that he was doing. Um, you know, big picture perfect drop kicks, uh, to this out to the outside. Uh, you know, he says, you know, he called himself to fly. And he always says, you know, it's time to fly. And that's a very accurate catchphrase for him. Because when he's in the ring, yes, it is time to fly, it, it is a rich ladder pro wrestling time. And Kevin Knight, you know, flies all over the place um, And then obviously with uh, TJP and Kushida Both guys, very great technical wrestlers Great um, submission wrestlers um, So you have those guys, you know, both targeting each other electronically, you know, Kushida looking for the hoverboard, the hoverboard lock While uh, TJP, he has that uh, inverted uh, figure 4 that he does uh, from time to time Also, um, Akira, came into this match with um, you know, injured shoulder. He's been having a nagging shoulder injury throughout this tour that's been um, taped up here. So he's been having a deal uh, with that injury as well. But um, a, a lot of great uh, double-team combos uh, throughout this matchup here. Um, you know, the team of uh, Catch-2-2, they really did try at one point to isolate uh, you know, Kevin Knight, uh, the, the more inexperienced guy from the Jet search team, and really tried to uh, work him over. But you know, uh, Kushido was able to get in there um, towards the end of the match. Um, kashida locks in the, the hoverboard block on uh, TJP, but um, Akira makes a save. Also, at some point in this match, uh, TJP gets busted open uh, over his eyebrow. Not quite sure where or how that happened, but this guy comes up at one point in the match And his face is just dripping blood Which just obviously ups the intensity uh, Of this matchup So he's dripping with blood Kashida's uh, trying to get him to tap out With the hoverboard log Akira makes a save TJP's able to hit the, the Mamba splash On Kevin Knight um, And then they hit their um, their move Their finishing move called the 2-2 uh, the, the knee-knee And um, so they hit that TJP and Akira hit that on Kevin Knight for a great near fall. So, you know, they've been finishing a lot of matches with that um that knee-knee uh double finish. And it was on Kevin Knight, you know, the, the inexperienced guy, the young guy. So when they hit that, I'm like, oh man, that, that that's it. It's over. Uh but Kushida makes a save. So great, great near fall there. Um, and then Kevin Knight hits that, you know, no hands jumping Frankensteiner onto Akira. Off the top, he hits that uh jumping DDT, and then um, him and Kashida they have a new finisher called the uh the culture shock, which is um, kind of Kashida kind of catapulting Kevin Knight in, again into that DDT. So he hits that one, two, three, and gets the big shocking upset and captures the junior tag team titles, new champs, the jet setters, and you know, they broke the hopes and dreams of Catch-2-2. Um, so Catch-2-2, with this loss, they will go down in history as the second longest reigning junior tag team champ. So they will have to try to, you know, capture the belts in the future and, you know, work their way back up to try to break that um, title defense record. We had a question here from Okay Okay 890 With Kevin Knight becoming a junior tag champion, do you think he gets a big push in his first best of super juniors, or does he eat a lot of pins for future challengers while Kushida makes a deep run? Yeah, so obviously I I do think, you know, Kevin Knight going into super juniors as a junior tag champion, it's going to help him a little bit, um, but I don't think he's going to, you know, come out with a lot of points because of that. You know, it's still his first Super Juniors, he's still, um, you know, a, a young guy, and so I think, yeah, he will. You know, he's a guy I could see that goes 30 and 6 in Super Juniors, ending with six points. Um, and then, yeah, you can create a lot of future tag team challengers based off of that. I mean, Akira. Uh, Is in his block so again you can continue The catch 2-2 two, two Feud uh, you got Bushi in his block you know Bushi And Hiromu can challenge kanamaru's in his block kanamaru And Doki could challenge him uh, Yo's in the block with him You could have um, Yo and Leo Rush Challenge jet setters um, Clark Connors um, Could team with Ishimori to go Against the jet setters so there's a lot of potential um, junior tag team challengers that could come out of um, Kevin Knight eating pinfalls in the B block. So I do think he is going to eat a, a lot of pinfalls. I think a story they will tell is, you know, he, he's not quite ready to be without Kushida yet. Um, and kind of the difference of when Kushida is with him and when Kushida is not. Um, but I don't think he's going to go, you know, 0 for 9 in the tournament. And then the uh, the main event here from this show was for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title, the ticking time bomb, Hiromu Takahashi. He defeats Yoshinobu Kanemaru in a uh, great matchup here. Uh, and we know that there was some uh, other stakes here to this match where um, in order for Hiromu to get his world title match against Sonata, he had to defend his junior title here um, against Kanamaru. And I, I love the uh, the VTR they showed before this match that really uh, emphasized on just the, the history of Yoshinobu Kanemaru, um, you know, former NOAA GHC junior champion, Former um, All Japan Junior Heavyweight Champion um, This guy has been, you know, kind of a stalwart in, in Puro Junior Japanese Wrestling uh, Throughout his career You know, the, the IWGP Junior title Has been one of the titles that's kind of eluded uh, him Obviously, you know, he's a former Junior Tag Champ With uh, El Desperado when they were both in uh, Suzuki-Gun uh, but Kanamaru has failed over his New Japan run to capture the you know the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title, so that story was was in the mix here as well. Um, but you no, know, this was a, a really great back and forth matchup here. Um, you, you had Kanamaru targeting the you know the leg of Hiromu. Kanemaru often goes to the the, the figure four as one of his signature um, submissions here. Uh, we did see uh, early in the match, Hiromu um, tried to apply the figure four and get uh, kind of Mario to tap out, but he was able to uh, roll to the floor and uh, able to kind of regroup there. Um, but then he was able to get the advantage uh, again on Hiromi and work over that knee. And uh, kind of a story we've been seeing here with these Hiromu matches like he's just being beaten and battered in all these tile defenses. So, um, you know, very similar to the Robbie Eagles defense um, a few weeks ago. The the knee is a target here, and Kanamaru was all over that thing, uh, applying a half crab, twisting it, you know, going for um, the figure four leg lock. But, um, you know, Hiromu, he's used to fighting through the pain. You know, he fights through that. It's the Falcon Arrow. Um, you know, it's some of his big offense. Um, and also, you know, Hiromu's also kind of, I mean, kind of seeing him almost kind of evolve into a power junior Hitting a lot of uh, big lariats um, In his matchups as well There was a great near fall in this match That was based off of the tag match That happened in um, Capital Collision Where Kamaru pinned Hiromu in that tag match Where he does this like quick inside roll up And then he turns the roll up into a uh, last Supper looking maneuver that uh, like what Darby Allen does in uh, AEW. So they did that same near fall here. Kanemaru he he um, does the roll up. He locks in the Last Supper, uh, but Hiromu was able to kick out. He does go for um, you know the the satori surprise. his whiskey. He, he grabbed the bottle and and tried to uh, spit the whiskey in uh, Hiromu's face, but Hiromu was able to super kick him and spit, he spit the whiskey all out. Hiromu hits the uh, Death Valley driver in the corner, um, time bomb one for a near fall, um, Kanamaru goes back to the the left knee once again, big chop block, um, a great um, figure four near submission and Hiromu is so great at selling these you know, near submissions, he's so close to, to tapping out and he's just screaming and crying in pain. Um, then uh, Kanamaru hits a, a big tornado DDT moonsault and then The uh, the deep impact Which is his, his second rope DDT For uh, another great near fall There uh, Kanam- uh, Hiromu is able to come back uh, once again Hits uh, another Death Valley Driver and then hits The uh, time bomb To to get the win So uh, Really great uh, Junior defense here for Hiromu Two questions here First from OK OK eight ninety. Is this the best Hiromu has looked post injury? If so, what do you think what do you think caused this change? Uh I mean yeah, Hiromu has been looking uh really good uh, on, on this run after the, the last injury. Um and I think part of that um is kind of this story they're telling with him wanting to be the longest reigning junior champion. I think it makes each defense more interesting to watch because you want to you get invested with each defense and you're like, all right, is he actually gonna uh, break the record? And I think he's just had some. There's been some more compelling stories around his challengers um, as well, and also too, I think with all the injuries he's uh, accumulated over the last five years, he's had to adapt his style. Um and so I think he's been doing that very well. We're starting to see him, like I mentioned, become a little bit more of a power junior. He's doing a lot more um, power hitting moves. He's doing a lot of lariats. He's throwing in some power bombs, um, a lot more chops. So I think he's you know evolving a style. Still trying to do some of the high flying. You know he's not going out there and doing the the big sentons to the outside like he used to do uh, pre injuries. Um, but he's still doing some fast paced stuff. He's still doing some high flying. And then he's also mixing in the you know, submission you know, He's doing that, that triangle choke he calls the D um, So yeah, I think all around He's just um, really kind of Found ways to work Around his injuries Next question here From the Dark Soldier Do you feel New Japan wasted An opportunity By not strapping the junior belt On Kanamaru? I feel like Kanamaru should have Beaten Hiromu Then challenged Sonata for the belt Beat him, kick him out Shawn Michaels style, and cut a promo Saying, when we formed this group It was supposed to be just four Guys, not just five guys It's time we came Back to that, then you run With Katamaru as a double champion For a year, and create a second World junior title as a Constellation prize <laughs> So a little dig there at uh, WWE booking there, with the uh, Creation of the, uh, the new world Heavyweight title Um I'll see this is a, a nice little uh joke here from the Dark Soldier. Uh there there is no way that Kanamaru was beating Hiromu here. Um, and that that would have been uh, very bad booking, uh beating the guy who's uh gonna be challenging for the world title at your next big show. Uh but I, I do appreciate uh the effort here, Dark Soldier. All right, now we're gonna review uh wrestling Satsuma no Kuni. Which happened on Saturday, April 29th From the Kagoshima Arena With an attendance of Um. So I'll kind of go through the, the undercards of this a little bit faster And point out um, any storyline elements that happened um, on this show So uh, first of all, the show opened up with Bishamon, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi Defeating uh, Oleg Bolton and Toriano, 4 minutes and 34 seconds So this was a uh, fun opener here, uh, Bishamon, they, they hit the Shoto uh, to uh, get the win here uh, You know Another kind of short, fun opening matchup um, Then after that match, we had House of Torture of Evil and Yujiro Takahashi they defeated Oscar Lube and Choto Umino 4 minutes And 34 seconds And, and uh, you know this was one Of these matches that had um, some of the house Of torture shenanigans we had the, the ref distracted which allowed Cho to drop Lube with a wrench shot And then Udrow followed up by Hitting the pimp juice to Get the win then we had the United Empire team of Aaron Hanare, Francisco Akira And TJP defeat The Jet Setters and Tomi Hanma 9 minutes and 5 seconds. So they're continuing the rivalry between Catch-2-2 and the Jet Setters here. So I think, again, too, kind of showing uh, some booking here similar. You know, what I was talking about with Kevin Knight and Super Juniors, you know, he's now a champion. But his first match being a champion is a loss, you know, even though he didn't get pinned here. He's still on the losing end um, after uh, becoming a champion. But you know I've been loving Catch 2 2 and Jet Setters, and every time they're in the ring is great stuff. Uh, Hanare got the, the Ultima submission win over Hanma here for the UE team. Uh, following that, we had Great Okan and Jeff Cobb defeat Kosei, Vegeta, and Zach Sabre Jr. So another preview for the Cobb. Sabre TV title match uh, Really fun Match up here Okan gets the win With the Sheep killer Submission hole onto uh, Fujita So another uh, UE win Here Then following that we had Strong style, Desperado, Suzuki And Rita teaming with Yuto Nakashima To defeat Kazuchika Okada Tomohiro Ishii Rihoi Oiwa and Togi Makabe, so Okada And Ishii at this point still Testing out uh, who is going to Be their partner Another matchup with great interactions Between Okada and Narita, and we got A similar moment to um, The Okada-Kiyomiya Breakdown, obviously It wasn't quite as impactful, but we did Have a spot where like ok- Okada And Narita are just coming to blows and they're doing a great job of really building the heat between Narita and Okada um, That end of the match here, you also had um, Ishii and Desperado brawling um, Oiwa gets in there and Narita hits um, a suplex and gets a hold on there for Oiwa Gets him to tap out and gets the win for the strong style team after the match, uh, Ishii and Despi, they're continuing to brawl all around the floor, um, and they just, these guys are all over the place. And they just continue to ring the bell, ring the bell. Had security guards, all the you know the young lions, everybody you know coming out there um, trying to break these guys up. And just when you thought the brawl was over, these guys would just get back up and just keep brawling. So. Really great intensity here With uh, Ishii and Despi, And it's adding another layer to this uh, Rivalry, you know, this never six man uh, Feud It it kind of, you know, it started off as just a You know, Narita challenging Okada um, And seemed like, you know It was just going to be a a normal, you know Never six man match, but They've done a great job of making this a, a Personal blood feud You have Okada and Narita Going after each other, you have Despi and Ishi uh, going after each other, and so it's really making this narrow um, six man feud very personal. Um, after that, we had uh, Hikaleo Jato and Tama Tonga and Master Wato defeating the Bullet Club team of David Finley, Gato, Kenta, and Taiji Ishimori. Um, so again, continuing to build up. The never open weight title match and the strong open weight uh, title match up here. Um, so, towards the end of the match up here, uh, you had Hikaleo gaining the upper hand on Kenta. Um, Tamatongas, in, uh, him and Finley go to the floor, um, but he, he's able to get um, Gato out. He's able to get Gato back in the ring and he hits the, the gun stun. On Gato to get the win But then uh, post Match uh, Finley lays Out Tamatonga with The Shillelagh and then Kenta grabbed a kendo Stick and he he walked A dog <laughs> with Hikaleo He he beat this man <laughs> with That kendo stick so Ending here with uh, a ton of heat Bullet club on top even though They, they lost the match up there They're leaving with the heat and you know, it's a very interesting to see that Kenta is still kind of in the the old bull bull club mindset of you know too sweeting the fans, whereas Finley is you know he's giving you know the, the hard uh, you know cold cold stare <laughs> to these fans that are trying to too sweet him, and he's not about that life. Um, so again, really good stuff here heating up the these uh, title matches. So then after that we had the team of just five guys, four of the actually three of the five guys Doki, Sonata, and Kanamaru. they defeat the LIJ team of Bushi, Hiromu and Tetsuya Naito so getting ready to heat up this uh, Sonata-Hiromu matchup here uh, with this feud and this LIJ uh, just five guys rivalry has been uh, really great, um, a lot of great Multi man matches. We had the great uh, Hiromu and Kanamaru match. And I'm sure um, by the time you guys are listening to this, we're, we're going to have a great uh, Hiromu and Sonata match. So, uh, Sonata was able to uh, get the, uh, the uh, Skull End uh, neck crank on Bushi, and he submitted. So, Champ uh, gets some momentum here and continuing to, to build up this matchup with uh, Sonata and Hiromu. So, following that, we had the first title match on this show. It was for the IWGP Tag Team titles. The team of Aussie Open, the champs, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis, they successfully defended their titles against the TMDK team of Mad Mikey Nichols and Hysterical Shane Hayes. All the champs, they were... uh, Cornered by uh, Hanare and Great Okan, while the challengers were uh, accompanied by the front man Zach Saber Jr. and Man. These two teams have excellent chemistry. This was a uh, great matchup here. Uh, these guys, you know, there's a lot of history. Obviously, both of these teams being from Australia, um, TMDK being a team that Aussie Open looked up to. Um, as they were kind of getting into wrestling So kind of like a, a generational kind of battle here uh, And these guys um, just have great chemistry Aussie Open, man These guys are having a phenomenal year um, Every time they go out there They're always having great matchups uh, You know, Josh was saying on the show a few weeks ago That, you know, he thinks that Aussie Open Is the, uh, you know, the best tag team in the world today And it's hard to argue that point When they're coming out here and having great defense um, After great defense And uh, this match uh, Was no different You had a lot of great hard hitting brawls here A lot of great double team maneuvers A lot of great um, isolations Of guys Um, Throughout this match uh, Nichols and Hayes They try to isolate um, Kyle Fletcher as a guy To do their uh, double team uh, Combos on uh, Kind of forcing Mark Davis Kind of you know be the, the enforcer and bruiser and kinda come in and um, save uh, Fletcher throughout the match. Um, like we mentioned earlier, like, like I mentioned earlier, um, in the one of the previews, you know, they were able to hit the tank buster on Kyle Fletcher. So they did that um, you know, near fall here, you know, false finish. So that was a great, you know, call back to the six man tag. Uh, there was a spot where uh TMDK they hit the Coriolis on Kyle Fletcher's, that's um Aussie Open's tag finishing move. Um, which was a great near fall. Uh Mark Davis making a save there. Um you had Aussie Open eventually they they clear the ring. Um and then TMDK, they once again they hit two tank busters on Fletcher here. And uh Davis was able to break up that pin. Uh TMDK they go for their uh, Thunder Valley double team anew Fletcher versus that. Aussie Open, they hit their, uh, their tandem Elbow strikes um, Pair of drivers um, They get uh, uh, Mad Mikey Out of the ring And they hit Shane with the Coriolis one, two, three, uh, And Aussie Open Retain the tag team Titles in another Great tag team match Their second official defense Of the IWGP Tag team titles And let's not forget they're also the current Strong Open weight tag team champions After the match we had uh, Bishamon, Goto, and Yoshihashi Walking to the ring Getting ready to call their shot Getting ready to say you know We're we're up next But before they could even uh, do that they, The house of torture came out And they attacked everyone uh, They attacked uh, Bishamon They attacked Aussie Open uh, But luckily you know uh, The United Empire was out there And able to make the save You had the whole empire come out uh, Cobb uh, came out from the back and TJP And Akira so the, the whole United Empire You know minus Will Ospreay Was out there to uh, run off the House of Torture so it seems like We're potentially getting uh, A throwaway feud Maybe it'll be uh, Aussie Open Defending against Bishamon and House of Torture for the, the next Title defense We had a question here from OKOK890 it Says I think New Japan Needs more tag teams How should they make more tag teams? By signing tag teams or pairing up singles wrestlers Like, like they did with Bishamon um, You know I, I think they did a great job In the the World Tag League uh, This past December um, Making teams and bringing teams in uh, For that tournament And so you know At the end of the day New Japan I mean they are not a tag team prom- promotion And just the way Gato books Like he's just not a, a big Uh Tag team got so tag teams have never really been the focus, especially when uh since Gale's been booking. And so, um, I think at the end of the day, you know, we've been all we we always for years on this show talking about they they need to do uh more focus on the tag team division and do more stuff with the tag team because I mean, there would be times when literally you have the same three teams just kind of. Back and forth, you know the the, the era of um, you know War Machine and Killer Elite Squad and God <laughs> when those like were your your three teams and it was literally those guys fighting for the belts all time. But I do think they've done a great job recently bringing in some new teams, creating some new teams, and I'm pulling up the uh, the World Tag League lineup here. So obviously, you, you know you got Bishamon on, you got Aussie Open, uh, Hase and Nichols of T- TMDK. Um, you know, last year, uh, Naito and Tanada were still a team, so uh, we've kind of seen Tanada and Taichi team, so that's a team you can have there. Um, you know, the Empire they have some multiple combos you can do, and that's a great thing about having you know a, a faction based promotion, like you can have multiple guys in the faction be your tag team. So, you know, last year we had Okan and Aaron Hanare. Representing United Empire. We've seen um, Okan and Cobb in the past. Um, so there's a lot of cool combinations you can do with United Empire. You know, we see the Bebop tag team of Viano and Tanahashi. Um, last year we had uh, Archer and Suzuki teaming up, but you know, we have Strong Style now. So you, you could have Suzuki and Narita team up, Suzuki and Despi. Um You still have uh, Folly and Chase of the team, House of Torture. And then last year, uh, Gabe Kidd and As Coughlin teamed up together Um, So I mean last year I thought it was a very good feel Of fresh and new teams And bringing back old teams So um, Like we mentioned on the show New Japan has a a great uh, Pipeline of talent Between their domestic roster The LA Dojo The New Zealand Dojo The partnerships with AEW Slash Ring of Honor The partnerships with Impact Wrestling, the partnerships with Repro, Pro, CMLL, um, there's a lot of avenues for New Japan to bring talent in, so domestically, I don't think they're going to try and create a bunch of tag teams, but there are a a ton of foreign tag teams, I mean, there are a ton of guys um, from AEW that they can bring over, Um, we we don't really see them bring in much uh, CMLL guys for World Tag League, but I mean... Um, there there are great teams in CMLL you can bring over um rev pro um there there are guys you can bring over um so yeah there's a, there's a lot they can do still the tag division but i do think um you, you look at the tag scene this past year this year compared to like 2017 2018 i think the tag division is in a much healthier state than it was back then So now let's move on to this, the big main event on the show for the provisional KOPW title, the Takagi-style triad match. Taichi becomes the new provisional KOPW champion by defeating the dragon, Shingo Takagi, 43 minutes and 40 seconds um, so, you know, just, just shy uh, 15 minutes of, of being an hour-long matchup But, uh, I mean, these, guy, these guys went to war um, it, it was 43 um, really great minutes here And a uh, r- reminder of the rules here So this was the, t- the Kage, um style triad match So you had to score three different victories Either by pin submission, key, KO, TKO, or Ring out. It was pretty cool They had um, a bingo kind of card um, on the screen To help you kind of keep track of when guys got their uh, different victories And what fall they did So there would be like a pinfall column Somebody got a pin, you'd mark the X there So nice little way to kind of keep track of uh, what was going on here Um, But I thought this match had really great pacing You know these guys were going to go uh, 43 minutes kind of started off With the uh, the big uh, Strike exchange um, And then you had some quick pin attempts So both these guys are trying to get their, their First um, fall here with the pin Early on you, you had um, Tai Chi trying to use the Gato Clutch um, and then Shingo Also trying to use the Gato clutch Shingo also has that um that Sit back uh, like that cobra Clutch kind of that cobra Sit back um, backslide thing he does I forget what he calls it but that's one of his kind of quick um, flash finishes He tried to get that And then they quickly try to move to some missions um, You know Shingo tries to uh, Get a, a cross face on Chi, But he uh, gets the ropes um, So these guys um, Going back and forth um, Trying to get their uh, Big uh, near falls um, uh, Chi eventually Hits you know the big dangerous Backdrop suplex And uh, he hits one Um he gets floored, and and they do a, a double um, KO spot uh, on the outside. Both men beat the count, um, back to their feet, and they're they're training uh, big bombs, big lariats. Um, tai Chi's on a roll here. Hits you know the big last ride power bomb, the, the Black Mephisto, um, and the referee starts checking for you know see if Shingo is knocked out, um, but he uh, fails to get to his feet. And uh, so tai Chi gets um, a point there And I, hold on, I, I kind of skipped over here uh, the, the first points um, Let's see here So the, the first fall of the match was um, Shingo he, uh, they, they switched some uh, quick pin attempts And Shingo was able to, he used the Gato Clutch To eventually get his first fall So Shingo got the first fall uh, with the Gato clutch and got you know his pinfall there, um. So th- so then from there, that's when the cross crossface happened, and then um Taichi, uh goes to get his um you know his first fall of the match, and so he had a quick backslide and he tied the score one to one. He got his first fall there. Uh. So then from there, that's when um Taichi goes on that big roll. It's all those big moves, and then um. Shingo fails to meet the count, so uh, he gets uh, knocked out, and Tai Chi gets his uh, second point of the match. So at this point, Tai Chi can no longer pin Shingo or um, knock him out, he has to go for a uh, submission or a uh, a ref stoppage or a, a count out here. While Shingo only having one point in the pinfall. He still could have gone for submission The knockout, the ref stoppage Or the countout So after uh, that second fall tai Chi he, he didn't waste any time He he went on, he got the uh, the Stretch plum and he was trying to uh, Get a ref stoppage on Chingo, uh, but Chingo was able To get to the ropes there And he um, comes back And he's trying to build some momentum And they're, they're trading just These big clubbing blows And Chingo's not going down and uh, he hits the, the big uh, pumping bomber, and uh, the last of the dragon, and Taichi fails to make it to his feet, and he's you know he's and stumbling, he's trying, but he, he falls down and does not beat Red Shoes' count. So Shingo gets his second fall, also by K- KO. So then um, after that, you know, both of them here are going for their third fall. Shingo lands the, the stay dream before trying to uh, choke out Tai Chi. He goes to the floor. Um, these guys going back and forth. Tai Chi hits, or Shingo hits another uh, pumping bomber, goes for the choke again, but uh, Tai Chi reverses it into the dangerous uh, backdrop suplex. Uh, more striking from both these guys. These guys are um, just killing each other and they, they tumble to the floor. Um, and they they tease another uh, a near count out here, but both men able to get back in the ring, get back to their feet, and they're, they're just tr- trading um, big strikes, um, big headbutts. Tai Chi Ling's a great uh, front kick, and once again locks in that uh, that stretch plum. And I mean Shingo here, he he's struggling and fighting, and also too the great thing here about this matchup, you had um, both factions were out here um, in the corner, so you had um, Sonata, Taka. Um, Kanemaru and Doki uh, in Taichi's corner, and you had Bushi uh Bushi, Hiro- uh, Bushi um, Hiromu and Naito in Shingo's corner, and both sides had towels. So there was a point where um, Kanamaru's you know, teasing throwing a towel in Hiromu's teasing throwing a towel in. So uh, that was another kind of uh, added element um, here, here. So yeah, towards the end of the matchup, though, I mean Taichi is just uh, um, battering Shingo. And he gets him locked in this stretch plum And Hiromu, he gets on the apron He's, you know, you know contemplating throwing a towel And he's crying and screaming Shingo, Takagi, Takagi, Takagi Trying to will Shingo to, to get out But I mean, uh, uh, Shingo, he, he was out And uh, Hiromu, he he refused to throw a towel he, he threw a towel on the ground He didn't throw it in the ring But uh, Red Shoes, he stopped it He called for it Shingo, he was completely passed out He couldn't answer the call he couldn't um, intelligently defend himself. There was no way to escape. He was locked in the stretch plumb in the middle of the ring. So after this 43-minute war, tai Chi is your new provisional KOPW champion. Uh, after the match, you know, big post-match celebration uh, with just five guys, and they all hoist Chi up on their shoulders as they celebrate Uh, Him and his new uh, championship And his big victory And we had a ton of questions here About this matchup Uh, First from OKOK890 Says has the Shingo Taichi feud turned the Yano Trophy into the number Two belt in the company right now Uh, I mean Yeah it kind of has um, You know especially with The the US title kind of being MIA With uh, Kenny Omega here in America in, in AEW um, And the, the Never Way title really has not Been positioned to be the number two title Uh, The KOPW title Matches with, with Shingo have been Excellent you know the, the Aaron Hanare Triad Match was great and you know another Great triad match here and You know since Shingo's been in the KOPW mix he's really made These matches really great and uh, they've been really um fun to watch. I mean, some match of the year contender stuff here, um, and so yeah, I mean, th- this feud has really helped um establish KOPW. It's turned it from a goofy trophy to, um, you know, a legitimate you know feud with uh, a title, even though it, it does have the, the stupid uh velcro strap. Um, it is um just yeah, it's been a great program and it's really helped elevate uh the KOPW title. Uh, the Dark Soldier says, if two members of just five guys go down with injuries or spontaneously combust, will a stable only be just 30 guys? Uh, I'm going to say uh, yes on that one. Uh, Heavenly Halberd says, has your opinion changed about keeping KOPW around ever since it turned into a stipulation-based high work rate title rather than the Yano Kami title? Or do you still think being stipulation based and a provisional title isn't worth keeping around permanently? Do you think it'll stay the? you think it'll stay the formula Shingo and tai Chi have established over the past year, or do you think it will eventually fall back into comedy? A lot of great questions here, uh, Heavenly Halbeard. Um, I mean, I, I think. Gato is seeing success with how KOPW is being booked right now, and I mean, this they main evented this show here. Uh, I mean, in the past, I feel like um, Satsuma Suminokuni is is main evented by you know a big title match, and so putting Shingo and Taichi in the main event of this show, I think you know it's kind of positioning KOPW to be a draw to be elevated in main events like shows like this. Um, so I, I do think that I don't see it going back to comedy. I mean, they always can do that, but I think creating a title belt for it, having guys like Shingo and Chi be in you know contention and main eventing shows like this has shown me that Gato is more serious about uh, pushing this thing. Now, as far as do I think it should, should it should still be around or not? At the end of the day, I, I think New Japan has way too many titles between all the IWGP titles and never titles and the the strong titles. Um, there's just way too many titles in, in New Japan, and um, I think there just seems to be a, a re kind of establishing of what the titles are. I think that the titles are kind of out of flux right now. So, obviously, you know the world title. That that's a great position. The, the junior heavyweight title, the the tag title and junior tag titles. It's when it comes to some of these other singles titles where the the hierarchy is a little uh, messed up right now. So, um, you know, with what you got right now, it should be the U.S. title as the number two title. Um, you know, the NEVER title should be like that that strong style. You know, kind of hard hitting, uh, workhorse title. Um, and then you would think you would kind of just not need anything else but um the us title's been mia um the never title you know actually for the last like two years you know the never title after the um the uh what's the word i'm looking for here guys after the um uh, the after the titles were unified after the world title and the ic titles were unified the the never title Um, You know, they did try to to elevate that, you know, they put it on Jay White and it it became it kind of shifted from being the the never, you know, hard hitting style to it trying to kind of be the number two title. But then the pandemic happened and Jay wasn't coming over to Japan. And so I feel like the never titles kind of been in a weird spot where sometimes it's the old never style and sometimes it's just something different. Um, But KOPW has kind of turned into what the never title used to be Where you have these hard hitting uh, guys um, like Shingo and Taichi going after it And I mean uh, right now uh, even though I think New Japan has too many titles I mean they are booking KOPW way better than they were from the beginning And we're getting these great matchups and they're not doing you know, these goofy stipulations anymore. We're getting these uh, innovative, um, these triad matches. We're getting um, you know, the the Texas death match, last man standing style matches. So they're doing, you know, regular wrestling stipulations, two out of three, three out of five, and just making them way more compelling. At the end of the day, I don't think the title's gonna go away, but I mean, like I said, I do think there's too many titles, but uh, the way they're booking the t- title, I think, has been great. And, um, you know, as long as we're going to get bangers like this, you know, I won't complain too much. Uh, next question here from Rambones Slam Pig Do you think the recent variation in match length times with shorter main events mixed in has led to the longer matches like the Shingo vs. Tai Chi match having a greater impact and feeling more epic? Yeah, I do think that's helped. Um you know, we haven't been seeing a ton of over thirty main events, I feel like in a while. We've had you know, some twenty minutes. We've even had some like fifteen minutes, I feel like. Um and so I, I think yeah, when not every match goes thirty plus minutes, it does it makes the matches that do go that long even more special. And I feel like a match like the the triad matches They kind of need that length, especially, you know, you're trying to, you know, knock your opponent out. You're trying to get a ref stoppage, you know. Uh, I think it made all sense in the world for this match to be this long struggle to get those three falls. Um, So, you know, having main events that are not going super long um, really does help the main events that do go long. Next question here from PR. Thinking about the produce shows that Taka and Taichi have been doing over the years, do you think that gives Gato confidence in their ability to tell stories that will get fans invested in their vision of the top of the card? Uh, I mean, obviously, I can't say for sure, but, um, I mean, based off of how those Taka Taichi manias drew and kind of some of the booking and, you know, a lot of people have a lot of match of the year contenders were are coming from those um Taka Tai Chi Despi Mania shows and uh, I'm sure Gato does maybe tap into Tai Chi for his feuds and even some of the booking of his storylines. and so um, I do think I'll see anytime you, you put somebody in the main event of a show I mean I, I think there's definitely some confidence there I definitely think there is confidence in Tai Chi's work um, and I'm not sure, again but I'm not sure how much of you know, Taichi's booking experience plays into what Gale does with him. I'm sure it definitely it helps. So um, after that, we had uh, the another Road to Wrestling Dantaku show uh, that aired on April 30th, and this was coming from Kumamoto, um, and we had an attendance here of 1,655. Um, so kind of go through. These um, quickly as well, because uh, I mean, at this point in the tour, uh, these uh, road two shows are getting a little repetitive, um, and also it's, it's a lot of the same, similar matchups. But I mean, there are they are um, advancing feuds and telling stories. So I'll go through the results here and point out um, any story elements here. So the uh, first matchup was uh, the House of Torture. Defeating the team of Goto, Yo, Yoshihashi And Oiwa 9 minutes and 13 seconds Uh, So no surprise here Uh, House of Torture uh, They attack at the bell Um, And you know we had a lot of House of Torture um, shenanigans here uh, Throughout this matchup But once again There was a uh, Ref distraction which once again Allowed Cho to Use the wrench. Hit the hit oil with that, and then we got the uh, the pimp juice, uh, DDT, and House of Torture uh, got the win. Um, then United Empire, we had uh, Catch Two Two and Great Okan defeating the Jet Setters, and um, Uto Nakashima, eleven minutes and twenty two seconds. Uh, so once again, um, Ocon got the, the Sheep Killer submission hold on Yuto and got the win for the United Empire team. Then after that, we had um, Aaron Hernare, Jeff Cobb, and Aussie Open taking on all of TMDK. They defeated them 10 minutes and 53 seconds, uh, continuing to preview the TV title match, keeping Aussie Open and TMDK's feud alive. Um, so really great uh, stuff here. These teams, like I said, really great chemistry here. So, towards the end of the matchup, uh, Aaron Hanari was able to get the ultima onto uh, Fujita to get the win for the United Empire team. Uh, after that, the lights went out. Um, and Davis and Richard Davis and Fletcher were in the ring celebrating, and the lights went out. And when it came back on, it was evil, and Utero. Beating up Davis and Fletcher once again Uh, Bishamon uh, came in To make the save this time And so um, post match um, Evil said "You know The tag team titles are going to belong To the House of Torture So like I was saying earlier it looks like we're going to get a Three way title program With House of Torture And Bishamon Challenging Aussie Open So after that we had Kenta and Taichi Ishimori defeating Hikaleo and Jato. So, uh, building up the strong open weight um, title matchup here. And uh, once again, after the bell, um, Kenta got the kendo stick and went to work on um, Hikaleo. Um, David Finley um, was in the ring, and um, you know, Tama and Wato came to make the save. And uh, Finley and uh, Tama were brawling uh, a little bit as well. Which um, led, actually we had a um, the Heyman special here So this actually led to the next match So Gato and Finley ran out And then Tama and Wato ran out And so we got the Heyman special And this started the, the next matchup Which ended up being Wato and Tama Defeating Finley and Gato um, 6 minutes and 33 seconds um, So kind of a short uh, matchup here, kind of playing off the last feud of uh, last matchup and building to the uh, never open weight title matchup here. So, you know, a lot of chaos here. The ref's trying to send the, the first match back. He's trying to pay attention to this match. And, you know, Tama and uh, Finley here are going after each other's throats. Uh, but towards the uh, end of the matchup here, Watto hits the uh, RPP, that spiral tap maneuver on Gato. For the pin, one, two, three. Um, pins Gato And then another little scuffle With uh, Finley and Tamatanga after the match So then uh, Following that we had Okada, Ishii and Yano and Hanma Defeating Desperado, Suzuki, Narita And Oscar Lube So um, Okada's team Here finally getting some momentum And you know once again continuing To kind of test out some uh tag team partners here because you know the, the never six man title match coming up at Wrestling Dontaku. Um, and so yeah, Oka's team they, they get the, the big win here. Um, post match, um, Kata gets on the mic and says that Hiroshi Tanahashi will be the third man for the title match at Wrestling Dontaku. Hiro, uh, Hiroshi has been. Claire to wrestle. However, Ishii was not happy with this. He uh, did not want to team with Tanahashi. Tanahashi is not a part of the Chaos faction. I and mean, even on Twitter, you know, Chris Charlie did a great job of um, you know, translating Ishii's comments. He's like, you know, Ishii doesn't want anything to do with Tanahashi or the Hantai faction. Um, so now, you know, Okada now has to Convince Ishii the team of Tanahashi So we're going to get a little Can they coexist With this never open weight Six man tag team title Um, And plus you know you have Ishii Who's just um, seeing red Right now when he sees Desperado And those two have been out of control Narita's been seeing red for Okada So there's a lot of Combustible elements In this never six man title match That's um, happening at Wrestling Dontaku. Should be great so uh, after that match, we had a uh, the main event, the uh, eight-man tag elimination match. The LIJ team of Bushi, Hiromu, Shingo, and Naito defeated just five guys of Doki, Sonata, Taichi, and Yoshi Nobu Kanemaru, 20 minutes and 53 seconds. And um, this came down to Hiromu being the uh, sole survivor in In the uh, battle royal And was able to um, Get Sonata flying To the floor And you know these elimination matches are always Fun to watch and again these teams Have great chemistry and you know They're you know giving Hiromu um, You know some shine here Give him some momentum going Into the title match so Really fun main event uh, And you know Cool to see Hiromu kind of be, as a junior, being the last man standing um, in a match like this And being the sole survivor of the match and the sole survivor for his team Then we had a uh, another road to show uh, yesterday, May 1st From the Bibu Beacon Plaza Had an attendance of 1,006 Um I mean, in full transparency, I, didn't, I had not seen this uh, road two show So I'm just going to run through uh, the results here So we had Oleg Bolton uh, and Oscar Lube going to a 10-minute time limit draw We had uh, Goto, Yano, Yo, and Yoshihashi defeating the House of Torture uh, Aaron Hanare and Catch-2-2 defeated the Jet Setters and Ray Oiwa uh, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and Ossie Open defeated uh, Fujita and Nichols Hayes and Zack Sabre Jr. from TMDK. Hikaleo, Jado, and Tamatanga and Master Wato defeated Dave Finley, Gato, Kenta, and Taiji Ishimori. Uh, Okada, Ishii, and Makabe and Hanuma defeated Despie, Suzuki, Narita, and Yuto Nakashima. The semi main event, we had uh Doki and Taichi defeating Bushi and Shingo Takagi. And then the main event. We had Hiromu Takahashi and Tetsuya Naito defeating the Just Five Guys team of Sonata and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. So, you know, they're doing a really great job here of heating Hiromu up. He won the battle royal. He won the the main event here. Um, And so they're they're making him look like a a credible threat going into the title match with Sonata. So speaking of that, let's uh, talk about now the the wrestling Dontaku card. So like like I said, uh, by the time this episode uh, drops, you'll probably uh, be already already know the results of Dontaku, or you'll be like me avoiding spoilers all day until you can watch the show. Um, but yeah, wrestling Dontaku is happening tomorrow, May third, uh, from the Fukuoka Convention Center, and the show is sold out. Um, so this uh, Sonata Hiromu main event Was a big draw Sold, ton of tickets So sell out show here In the, the Fukuoka Convention Center For uh, what looks like To be a great card So I'm going to run down this card here And uh, give my uh, Preview and predictions for all The matches here um, First there's actually going to be a, a dark match On the show so it's not going to be part Of the broadcast but Uh, Ruhe Oiwa is having a hat trick challenge Um, So before the show starts Oiwa is going to attempt to run the gauntlet Of Yuto Nakashima, Bolton Oleg And Oscar Lube Uh, If he could win one, two, or all three Of the five minute matches He can walk away with some delicious prizes Of Yakiniku barbecue With a grand prize Of 200,000 Yens worth Of meat and an NJPW world title shot If he scores All three victories So I don't know why They're not airing this match This seems like a lot of fun A little uh mini five Minute gauntlet of matches With um oil running the gauntlet Here um this would have been a lot of fun to to air uh, Especially since it's um, leading to a Well could lead to a TV tile shot And it's always fun watching the young lion So not a part of the broadcast But looking forward to kind of hearing How this hat trick challenge goes for OIWA And to see if he gets his barbecue And, and gets his tile shot So the broadcast will open With uh, the team of Hiroki Goto, Toriano, Yo, and Yoshihashi facing off all of the House of Torture of Dick Togo, Evil, Sho, and Yiro Takahashi. And so, like we've, been, uh, like we've heard in my reviews, House of Torture, they've been constantly attacking Chaos and, and Bishamon. Um, so, we're going to see this feud continue to spill out here, both Bishamon and House of Torture. Um, they want the next tile shot against Aussie Open. So who knows, maybe a potential win here could give one team the notch over each other. Um, I'm going to go with Chaos getting the win just because uh, Dick Togo is in the match and he is uh, the penny eater for the House of Torture. So following that, we will have Great Okon and Aussie Open taking on Kose Vegeta and Mad Mikey Nichols and hysterical Shane Hayes. So, uh, you know, kind of keeping the feud alive here With um, Hayes and Nichols against uh, Fletcher and Davis Who knows who might get another match with those guys uh, Down the road uh, But, you know, these two factions have been pretty much feuding this whole year So kind of continue to see that uh, kind of spill out here With United Empire and um, TMDK Also, we do know that, you know, Bishamon And, like I mentioned, Bishamon and of Torture, they want next, but If Nichols and Hayes Can once again pin um, Davis or Fletcher They could throw themselves back in the mix Could potentially have a four-way Title match, but uh, We do have Vegeta on the TMDK side, he's still a young lion So he's he's a pin eater here I can see uh, Great Okan Locking on that cheap killer On him to uh, get the win for the United Empire team Then after that we will have the Jet Setters of Kevin Knight and Kushida Teaming up with Shota Umino And they will take on Aaron Hanare and Catch 2-2 So once again we're keeping the feud alive here with Catch 2-2 And the Jet Setters Um, And we've seen Umino kind of teaming with a bunch of random uh, Hontai guys throughout this tour uh, And now he's being inserted here in this feud with uh, Jet Setters and Catch-2-2 There's not a definitive pin eater in this match Um, I could see Catch-2-2 maybe pinning Kevin Knight So that they can get a rematch after best of the super juniors or i mean you could maybe kick off a program between um Umino and um Aaron Hanare here maybe Hanare gets a gets a win over Umino gets him locked in the ultima and then you, you do a, a singles between Umino and uh, Hanare down the line or you know or maybe Umino pins Hanare and that kicks off the feud um but I think the most likely scenario here Is going to be Catch to pinning Kevin Knight And uh, staking their claim For a rematch For the junior tag team titles Then after that We'll have the LIJ team Of Bushi, Shingo, and Naito Taking on Doki Taichi, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru From just five guys So this is kind of a uh, you know continuation of the the Lij uh, Just Five Guys feud, also a follow up from the the Epic Shingo and Taichi Triad match, and um, you know the Katamaru and Hiromi match. So these teams have been feuding um, all month, all this tour, um, and we're going to continue to see it here. Uh, you know, with uh, Doki and Kanamaru teaming up there, you know, the, once again um, that can lead. To uh, them challenging The uh, the Jet setters for the junior Tactiles down the line uh, But with uh, two juniors On the just five Guys side and just One junior on the LIJ side I feel like the LIJ Team is going to win uh, I'm going to call Naito Once again pinning Doki uh, To get the win for the LIJ team uh, and remember, guys, I, I'm recording this. This is a uh, Tuesday, May second. It's now 9:44 uh, Eastern Time. So, um, if you're watching the show and listening here, you know, and I'm getting these predictions right, it just means I'm ahead. All right, I'm, I'm an accurate star raider and predictor. Um, but if I get any predictions wrong, remember, it's a EPO for entertainment purposes only. So uh, moving on to uh, the next matchup here, uh, we have the first title match of the evening. So it'll be for the NJPW Strong Openweight title. Kenta will defend the title against uh, Um So we know uh, Kenta captured the title um, from uh, Fred Rosser after uh, Juice Robinson helped him. Win the match and Kenta has defended against Suzuki and Eddie Edwards, but as always, he's been cheating, um, in those defenses. And of course, uh, wrestling Dontaku, it is the uh 10th anniversary of the Bullet Club, so I'm sure we will get some um Bullet Club shenanigans in this matchup here, and uh. You know, Hikaleo, you know, he's looking for his first championship in New Japan. This is the, the first strong openweight title match on Japanese soil. Uh, this title's only been defended in the United States previous to this. So, um, for one sense, it's pretty cool to see that title uh, in Japan um, and kind of get it in front of the, the Japanese audience. And, you know, they've been doing a great job building up this feud all throughout the Road 2 tour um, with Kenta and Hikaleo and how personal. Um, it's gotten, uh, I'm sure we're going to see the kendo stick come into play Kenta has been um, beating down um, Hikaleo throughout the tour with the kendo stick He's been working on his legs So I'm sure that he's going to try and use all the dirty tactics to retain the title here um, You know, this is kind of a, a coin toss here I mean, uh, it seems like they're trying to build up some momentum with Bull Club and um, So I can see Kenta retaining But at the same time, Hikaleo, we talked about last week how they they failed to follow up on on the big Jay White win. So uh, I could see a big win here, a big title change, and you kind of give Hikaleo some momentum um, to try and capture some of the juice from him being Jay White. And I mean, he beat Jay White, a former IWGP champion. Uh, Jay White was in in the main event in the Tokyo Dome this year. Um so if you're trusting Hikaleo to, to beat a guy like Jay, then I would say that, you know, he could definitely beat a guy like Kenta. Um, but because there's been so many shenanigans and interference, I'm I'm gonna go with Kenta retaining here. I I am predicting that some kind of ref bump, the, the kendo stick comes into play, um and he beats Hikaleo that way. And then I could see them going to a a rematch after Super Juniors and doing a a no DQ match where then Hikalea would then win in that scenario. So after that, the next title match will be for the NJPW World TV Championship as the front man of TMDK, Zach Sabre Jr. will defend the title. Against Jeff Cobb from the United Empire, Uh, these guys are uh, you know no strangers to each other. Um, Their overall record two and zero right now in singles with uh, Zach having the advantage over Jeff Cobb. So Jeff has never defeated Zach in uh, a one on one scenario here. And these guys have had great Interactions um in the Six mans and the eight mans on this Tour um Jeff's Power I mean this guy's You know he's freaky strong and It's the, the reversals have been great I mean Cobb will, you know Try and toss Sabre and Sabre will wrap Around get him a submission but then Cobb will like throw him out of the submission And yeah I, I'm Really excited about this matchup here especially With the 15 minute time Limit um I think it's going to be fast, and I think there's going to be a ton of great reversals here. Uh, I've really been loving um, Zach's run with the TV title, um, and I I don't think I'm ready for it to end here. And, I mean, the whole thing, the whole reason this title was created, one of the reasons, you know, New Japan said it's supposed to be for young guys. You know, they wanted, you know, young guys, young, fast, you know, matches, high-speed style. Of title, at least that's, that's how it was Described at first, but obviously You have, you know, Zack Sabre as the first champ I think Zack should retain the title Until a young guy Is ready to lift it off of him So, you know, Umino Narita um, Coglin, Gabe Kid. You know, any of these You know, young guys that are coming Back from Excursion These guys that have graduated from the LA Dojo I think are all really good candidates to eventually beat Sabre. I think Red Narita would be a great choice considering, you know, Sabre beat Narita in the finals to become the first ever uh, NJPW World TV champion. Um, So, yeah, I think Sabre should retain until a young guy beats him. But this should be a really fun match. And I I can see um, Sabre kind of catching Jeff off off guard with um a roll or some kind of wacky you know British roll up and get the win here. Then after that next title match will be the never open weight six man tag team title match with the champions Strong Style Minoru Suzuki, Ren Narita, and El Desperado will defend against the team of Kazuchika Okada. Tomohiro Ishii and Hiroshi Tanahashi And man, what a matchup this will be I mean, the team of Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii That, you know, that's like an all-star team right there Of just guys who throw off great matches um, And we there's so much history here too I mean, Ishii and Suzuki have great matches Okada and Suzuki, Okada and Tanahashi Desp uh, and Ishii We've seen the great interactions now between Okada and Narita. Um, so, I mean, this match is going to be great. And like I've been mentioning, they've done a great job really making a personal matchup with the way Narita's been stepping to Okada. The the all-out brawls between Despi and Ishii and even Suzuki getting in the mix. And then the whole added layer of Tanahashi teaming with Okada and Ishii and Ishii not wanting to team with Okada was uh, assuming not wanting a team of Tanahashi And you know, this whole thing of You know Of Tanahashi not being A member of Chaos, Tanahashi's a member of Hontai, the Hontai unit And Okada is not He could have picked the Chaos guy here, but he, he Picked Tanahashi and um, Okada has this obsession of, of wanting to win a, a tag team title Of some sort with Tanahashi um, So he's trying to make that dream come through Here, Ishii, you know, he's not really With it, but I think Ishii is more focused on Despie than he is with the fact that he has a Team with Tanahashi um, So I do think there will probably be Some miscommunication uh, Between Okada, Ishii, and Tanahashi, while Strong Style Has been um, a well-oiled unit Since they formed, so I'm gonna go with Strong Style Retaining The titles here i um, gonna go With oh, Man Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm wondering if they want to lift these titles off of Strong Style because Death going to be in Super Juniors, um, could potentially win that tournament. You don't really want him in the six man mix as a junior champ or junior challenger, maybe. Uh, also, he he's a junior, and there's three heavyweights on the other side. Oh man, this is a, this is a tough call here. You know, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stick with my initial prediction. A strong style retaining And I'm going to say Ishii Is going to be the pin eater here I think Ishi's rage Is going to get the, the better of him here And um, Either Narita or uh, You know what, maybe even despi Why not, let's have Despy hit, hit the pinche loco And pin Ishii and, and get some comeuppance for the way uh, ishi has been battering this man all over this tour and we did have a question here from Death Triangle 720 it Says when Yano rejected a team up with Okada for the Never 6 belts Do you feel it would have been better If Yano had said I ain't teaming up With someone who's a fake Chaos member What do you say? <laughs> I mean you know definitely He could have said that Also uh, you know there's a lot of uh, Talk online about Okada's Poor leadership of the, the Chaos faction um, So I mean that could have been a you know A uh, very good claim there by Yano Had he said that Uh, Following that matchup The semi main event Of the evening will be For the never Openweight championship As the champion Tama Tonga Will defend against David Finley Um, There's definitely some history between these guys um, You know with Tama and his brother Tangaloa as G.O.D. Against Finley and Juice as Finjuice These guys have also faced off In singles action before uh, Twice Tama Tonga has beaten Finley twice So uh, Tama has that edge 2-0 or Finley In their singles history And like I've been saying They've done a great job of building up This uh, rivalry, this feud Making it really personal And and Finley you know, laying out Tama With the shillelagh shots on on this tour And I think this is the Excuse me. I think this is the real big moment here For um, David Finley I think he's going to uh, Beat Tano Tango here and capture The never open win title And we're going to continue To see the, the push of David Finley And the ascension of David Finley And I think he could do uh, Something cool with the never title But I expect this one to be uh, Very hard hitting um, Very intense, very fast pace And with it being the Bullet Club anniversary, I expect there to be some kind of Bullet Club angle here. You know, the the one thing that we have yet to see with uh, Finley as leader of the Bullet Club, he has yet to have the moment where he brings out, you know, the whole faction and, you know, he walks out with the whole faction and they're they're supporting him. We've seen that numerous times in Bullet Club's history with the, the leaders walking out with the whole unit behind them. So, I think this would be a great show to have Finley, you know, walk out with his version of bull club, you know, kind of make some final decisions on who's in, who's out on, on, on his side of things and have him walk out with his army behind him going into this matchup. And two questions here. First from a uh, deaf triangle, seven twenty, should wrestling Don be the night bullet club members decrease to a decent size. Um, yeah that's kind of what I was alluding to uh, When I was saying you know Finley uh, should come out with his uh, Maybe finalized List you know he's been saying He wants you know killers You know he kicked ELP Out brought Clark Connors in um, He's been saying you know The the Australian guys are Out that Jay and Juice Are our fake bull club um, You know he's been you know laying The law down and kind of you know Bring guys in and kicking them out so I think it would be good for them to establish who is going to be in Finley's Bullet Club this night. Um, So we know Clark Connors is going to be there. So, you know, if, you know, Chase and Fale and all these other guys are still going to be there, uh, I think it would be good to establish. I think, you know, they should cut bait, get rid of House of Torture. I think he should make a lot of his moves here um, post-match and kind of establish who is in the Bullet Club going forward. Uh, another question from Barry Wall says to really differentiate himself from Jay and really make this new version of BC his own should Finley attack Gato and force him out of the club um, I mean that's definitely an interesting angle they could go um, but I feel like um you know, there, there's been kind of money with uh, Gato as you know the, the heel mouthpiece of the bullet club leader. And Gatos, you know, been kind of pulling the strings all along, so I I don't really see that happening, but if it does happen, it it would be interesting in, um, you know, Josh and I have talked about, you know, Bullet Club kind of going back to its intentions of being a faction of all foreigners, Um, so, you know, yeah, Finley wants to kind of go that route, And kind of get rid of a lot of the domestic guys uh, I think that that could be an an interesting twist But I'm pretty sure Gato is probably going to be Sticking around and being his mouthpiece um, Moving forward Then uh, the big uh, main event for this show The IWGP World Heavyweight Championship The champion Sonata In his first defense Will defend against his former stablemate The current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion The ticking time bomb, Hiromu Takahashi Uh, These guys have had one singles match before Uh, This happened in uh, 2012 when Hiromu was still a young lion And Sonata was representing All Japan Pro Wrestling at the time um, so that that's the only match singles matches that they've had and Sonata won that match back in 2012. Um but we, we know the history between these guys um and their partnership in LIJ and what's been going on with Sonata leaving LIJ and joining just five guys um like I mentioned they've been doing a really great job of building us up on the the road to shows over the last uh, few years We've been seeing Hiromu uh, Really kind of make this push for heavyweight And um, he's had a He had an IWGP title match um, In the summer of 2020 during the pandemic against Evil uh, he, he failed to uh, win that title match And we've been seeing him have Some more kind of open weight matches And um, you know Trying to mix it up more with heavyweights And you know there, there was a lot Of people who really wanted to see Him in the G1 uh, Especially during like the pandemic time And stuff like that And um, you know This is kind of another kind of step in that direction For all the Hiromu fans Who want to see him Permanently move to heavyweight Um, But you know this is not Completely um, uncharacteristic For a junior champion To challenge For the heavyweight title in the past You know guys like Koji, Kenamoto and uh, Prince Devitt, a.k.a. Finn Balor Have been uh, junior champions Who were all able to challenge For the heavyweight title um, So I think this is going to be a, a fun matchup um, I think Hiromu is going to push the pace And he's, he's going to get a great match Out of Sonata um, And you know it's a sold out match I think this crowd is going to be firmly uh, Split There's going to be big um, Sonata chance, Big Hiromu chance. Uh, it should be a great matchup, and I think that Sonata will retain here, um, go to uh, V one and start off his uh, world title reign with uh, you know a big win here over his uh, former uh, running mate here in Hiromu Takahashi. So that is the card. That's my preview and predictions. Like I said, um, you know by the time you're hearing this, um, Taku is probably happening or it's happened. Um, you're, you're trying to avoid spoilers um, But it should be a great show Next week um, Josh and Chris will join me We'll, we'll review that show um, So we're really looking forward to seeing how These matches are going to come out And seeing seeing how accurate uh, my predictions are Now I'm going to uh, move into the news here So a couple of the big news items here uh, So first uh, New Japan has announced a one night tournament to crown the first strong women's champion, so Mercedes Monet, Willow Nightingale from AEW, Momo Kogo, and Stephanie Faker. I'm not sure how you say her last name. She's from a CMLL. They will take part in a tournament at Resurgence on Sunday, May 21st, in Long Beach, California, to crown the inaugural. NJPW Strong Women's Champion So in the first round uh, Mane will take on uh, Bakur And then uh, Nightingale will take on uh, Kogo And so then the winners will then face off To uh, meet the same night To determine the first Strong Women's Champion And we had a question here From Def Triangle 720 In the current landscape of New Japan Do you think the Strong titles are Necessary anymore? And no, I don't think they are. I mean, we've been saying for a couple weeks now that we think the strong title should be, um, you know, defunct, um, you know, vacated or uh, merged into other titles. Like, once the strong, proper TV show ended and they moved into this strong, on-demand um, strategy and the... Uh, quality over quantity U.S. pay-per-view style shows, um, there was really no need for the strong titles anymore. Um, you know, there there's a U.S. T- title. That should be the, the main title of that's defended on U.S. shows. Um, so I, I don't think there's a need for a strong open-weight title. Um, without the weekly show, I don't think there's a need for strong open-weight tag team titles. Um, you, you now have Aussie Open with both the IWGP and the strong titles uh, And there's definitely not a need for a strong women's championship You know, we just had the creation of the IWGP Women's Championship um, at the end of last year And the whole purpose of creating that title was to include more women's matches in the U.S., they, did, they said that the, the IWGB women's title would be defended on U.S. shows. Um, you know, the, the, the Western market is used to um, both genders being represented on shows, and New Japan wanted their U.S. shows to, you know, appeal to the Western audience, and they, they wanted to book more women on these U.S. shows, and that was the whole purpose and reason behind creating this the IWGB women's title and having, you know— uh, Mercedes-Money be be the champion, and um, getting this push to get women's on the show, and now you have a situation now, you know, Mayu Iwatani is the the IWGB women's champion, and she's based in Japan, and we do know that there were rumors that she initially did not want to win that championship because she did not want to do dates, extra dates in the U.S., unless she was going to pay more to do those dates, and and now we have this creation of the strong women's champion, which they say is going to be defended on these U.S. shows. So then, what what was the purpose of even creating the IWGP Women's Champion then? If you're going to create the the strong women's champion, um, again, like I said earlier, there, there's too many titles in New Japan. I don't I don't think with any of the strong titles you should be bringing over the IWGP champions. To to these U.S. shows, uh, the, the U.S. Championship should be defended. Um, you should just use the the heavyweight tag team titles. You use the IWGB Women's title. There's not a need to have. this, this strong, uh, I mean, the strong titles. The strong brand it is not a strong recognizable brand. Um, you know, here in the West, people recognize New Japan Pro Wrestling. They recognize that red and yellow lion mark. They don't recognize that that blue, you know, triangle shaped strong logo. Um, you know, these New Japan shows before Strong were just branded as New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that's what sold tickets, and that's what people wanted. Um, strong was great um, in the pandemic, and it was kind of cool to have a, you know, weekly U.S. product and to get guys work and to bring in guys that could potentially. Uh, be transitioned into Japan um, But you know they, they've Moved away from that and that's cool that's okay I, I'm fine with uh, Quality over Quantity Um, but We now have a quantity Of titles and <laughs> we don't Need all these titles and I don't, I don't think we need a uh, Strong women's champion Like this should be the IWGB Women's champion should have been coming over Here to defend the title Um, And so I'm sure there are Politics and logistics With getting Mayu over And maybe, you know, Mayu's like Sure, I won the title, but I'm I'm not going To do all these U.S. tours I'm not going to defend that title often So, I'm guessing with that Maybe they they felt like they're pressured To create this strong uh, women's title So you you can do title matches On these U.S. shows I think the whole thing is kind of a hot mess um, But we'll see how it turns out And We'll see what the speculation is I know with uh, Monet Mercedes Monet, She, um, you know, there's rumors that she's extended her deal And clearly she has Because, you know, the rumors were she was going to be done After the Mayu match So, um, I mean, to me, it it makes It seems like she would be the one to win this uh, title Uh, But if she is going to win It makes even more uh, lack of sense Where it's like why did you take the IWGB Women's Title offer then cuz she could come to the US and defend that IWGB Women's title. So Yeah, n- not not happy with this uh, title creation. Uh, so, but we'll see how the tournament goes and we'll see what ends up happening with the the NJPW Strong Women's Championship. So in other uh resurgence news, uh John Moxley has been announced for the May 21st Resurgence show. Uh, no opponent has been announced for him As of this recording um, But Mox uh, once again On a, a big US show here In other news Will Ospreay believes that he will likely Work out a new contract With New Japan after his current Agreement expires next year So you know last week We talked about his comments In the DAZN interview where he Mentioned his deal being up In February of 2024 um, and but you know, Osprey just made some comments to uh Dark Pure flosion and he said that he is confident he and NJPW will reach an agreement and uh he will re- remain with New Japan. Osprey said, I just want to know what my options are. Does it mean I'm leaving NJPW? I'm fairly positive me and NJPW will work out a deal, but in case we don't, I want to provide for my family, wrestle how I want to wrestle, and most importantly, happy so there'll be definitely a lot of speculation on what's gonna happen with osprey in 2024 uh you know is he gonna get that bag that that con money from from Tony Khan or get, get that uh you know Vkm money from Vince or is he gonna stick with New Japan so we'll, we'll see what happens uh going forward with Osprey uh, Tony Khan uh, Last week on Dynamite Had, had a big uh, announcement And that was the return of the Owen Hart Cup uh, So both uh, the men and women's Tournaments will uh, Take place um, Between June 25th and July 15th Khan said at uh, Double or Nothing Which is happening May 28th There would be um, an opening sem- Ceremony for the, the tournaments And Uh, The first round matches Will take place at Forbidden Door, the cross Promotion pay-per-view with New Japan And AEW And uh, Khan said that um, You know The whole tournament will take place in Canada And uh, you know Noted that Owen Hart had great success In New Japan Pro Wrestling Including winning the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title So it makes all sense to Um, Have the tournament start At Forbidden Door So we'll keep our eyes peeled See if any New Japan talent Will enter the uh, Owen Hart Cup Uh, I'm assuming so with it kicking off At Forbidden Door I think It would make a ton of sense to to have some, Especially have some juniors uh, Top foreign juniors um, Be in this tournament You know represent the the Legacy of uh, Owen Hart uh, I did have a question here from the Lazy Binger. So the confirmation that Forbidden Door would have some own heart tournament matches, it becomes a great tool for AEW and NJPW to book some mid-card dream matches without worrying about storyline setup. So what are some matches you would like to see at Forbidden Door as a part of this tournament? And I'm sorry, Lazy Binger, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm not in the, the fantasy booking mindset right now. Let me let me think about it, and I'll come back to you next week um, with some potential matchups I would like to see in a Forbidden Door in the tournament uh, to kick off this uh, Owen uh, Hart Cup tournament. So that's it for the news. Um, One quick uh, off-topic question here from Barry Walsh, and then we'll wrap things up. Uh, So Barry says uh, something you said last week on the show got me thinking. Uh, from my business point of view, would Bushi Road be better off expanding stardom first rather than NJPW in the U.S.? With WWE and AEW so massive, and then Impact, etc., it's hard to break in. But what big women's feds are there? And not to be sexist, but a lot of U.S. women's wrestling is like men's only at 75% speed. Not all, but a lot. Would bringing stardom over especially with Monet currently signed, make more sense and have Okada, etc. in one or two token matches to hook in existing vans. So rather a single woman's match have one or two men's matches on the stardom card just seems like a less saturated market and could open more eyes and subscriptions to the product. Yeah, Barry, I mean, I think Josh and I have mentioned this before, like, they should be doing more standalone stardom shows to help build a stardom brand and to build, um, you know, a reputation for the IWGP Women's Title. And I guess now the Strong Title. Well, well, I guess that's not uh, whatever. That's a whole hot mess. But they should be doing more stardom shows in the U.S. And I do think there is an untapped market for um, great women's professional wrestling shows. You know, um, Shimmer. And Shine, you know, were the, the the big kind of standout promotions here in America, where you had all women shows, and the, you know, a lot of top talent came from those systems. You know, Mercedes Monet and and Bailey and Becky Lynch and all these a lot of top women wrestled in, on Shimmer and Shine cards, and um, Shine is starting back up um, this summer, but they're nowhere at the level they were before. Um, So, yeah, there's definitely, I think, a market for a top women's promotion to run in America. I think they can do that with stardom. Obviously, I think, again, they're going to need some kind of TV deal to kind of help grow that in the West. But, I mean, I think doing stardom shows will be a great attraction. You know, I went to my first stardom show, um, WrestleMania weekend 2019 in New York, Uh, That was my first real exposure To stardom and it was an awesome show And got me uh, hooked In and following the product so I think that can definitely happen uh, With more US Based shows Well going to uh, Wrap things up here so uh, We're going to put a hold on Recommended match of the week for Next week for when uh, Josh comes back And Thank you for listening guys and uh, thank you for bearing with me, man. My my, my throat is uh it, it's killing me guys. It, it it is not easy doing a solo show. So shout out to anybody out there in, in the podcast space that does uh solo shows on the regular, man. It's uh, I've been downing the water here. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys have been hearing me clear my throat <laughs> and um, you know, my my voice going away, but try my best here. Try to give you guys um, you know. Some uh, championship audio here. Um, hopefully, you guys uh, like the show. Um, you know, give me your feedback. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not sensitive. Uh, I'm down for some fearless feedback. Let me know uh, what you thought about this uh, solo show. I don't know what. There's definitely probably probably a lot for me to improve on uh, in, in solo shows, and uh, probably need a, a lot more water <laughs> as uh, if I if I ever do uh, another one of these long uh, solo shows again. But, uh, you know, that's going to wrap things up. Like I said, uh, next week, uh, Chris Samsa will be joining us to uh, preview best of Super Junior 30 and to review wrestling on Taku. So if you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation. Visit socialsuplex.com slash donate and click on the donate button under the the strong Style logo. Make sure to connect with us on social media on Twitter. The show is at K.I. Strong Style. You can follow the network at Social Suplex. You can follow me at Jeremy L. Donovan on Facebook. or Facebook.com slash Social Suplex on Instagram. We're at Social Suplex on Reddit. I'm the pro black guy. Just keep the strong style. You can email me. Jeremy at Social Suplex.com. Check out our Discord server, Social Suplex Podcast Network. And check, check out all the other shows that we have here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. One Action Radio hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. The Grave Consequences hosted by Caleb Baldwin and Maserati. All Things Elite hosted by Floyd Johnson Jr. and Austin Tomowitz. The AEW Match Guide Podcast hosted by Sir Sam Brown. And The Great Match Generator hosted by Danny Kukler. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. And we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style. The Ace of Podcasts.